my whole life they sort of drummed into me that you know you need to hold property and everything um which i guess i initially sort of rebelled against when i was sort of investing in shares and leverage trading but eventually i guess uh, you could say i saw the light and uh, have started to <laughs> focus on property This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with mortgage broker Jonathan Preston. With years of financial experience up his sleeve, he'll be talking about how he unexpectedly found himself studying finance, how he made the jump to purchase his first property and why he thinks investing property rather than the share market is the best investing option. As a senior mortgage broker with Home Loan Experts, Preston makes use of his 10 years of financial experience assisting individuals who have had difficulty in investing in the past. I guess you could say in the game now uh, and these days am focused on working mainly with uh, property investors and also helping people uh, to get their loans approved often where they've had uh, issues in the past. So focused on properties, uh, property investing and property overall these days but more than 10 years overall uh, across a, a range of roles in finance. A typical day in his job consists of helping multiple clients achieve their dreams of owning property. Working with home loan experts, uh, there's sort of two parts to the job. Uh, one part of it is that you know I do work with a lot of investors um, that uh, have often come through my podcast or I know through um, other sort of avenues. Uh, and the other part is that um, the clients that typically come to home loan experts may have had some issues in the past getting a home loan approved. So perhaps they went to their bank and uh, the bank wasn't able to offer them what they wanted or maybe their uh, circumstances didn't allow them to get approved and they might have even been to a few places and then they come across to us. And so we take on a lot of cases where people have had issues in the past um, and and then basically we can uh, often get them approved to make sure they get the desired outcome there. So certainly we take on a lot of out-of-the-box scenarios uh, and that keeps things very interesting and uh, and uh, make sure that any given day is, is not the same as it uh, has been in the past. So uh, yeah, we take on a lot of the out-of-the-box stuff basically. Born in New Zealand, Preston spent his early childhood there before moving to Australia at a young age. So I grew up in Auckland in New Zealand uh, and lived there until I was uh, 13. So uh, first part of my life in New Zealand but uh, my adult life has been uh, pretty much all in Australia here, yeah. Uh, so I went to school in St. Pius in Chatswood. Uh, so I grew up mainly around that area uh, but have lived uh, across most of Sydney actually since then. He shares that while he wanted to complete his tertiary education straight after school, his path to graduation and the workforce came about differently. It was a bit of an interesting um, situation for me because when I came to school here, my mum actually put me in the wrong year by mistake. So I was uh, fortunate enough to skip a year and went straight into year nine. Um, so I've, 
actually finished school just after my 17th birthday, um, which um, basically meant that I didn't end up doing a, a school this kind of thing. Uh, I went out to go and get a part-time uh, job after I finished school, and uh, I just started walking around to places in the area, um, and I actually went to my local good guys store, and I walked in and said, hey, I'd like a job, and they said, we'll give you a job, but it has to be full-time. So I said, all right, no worries. So I started working full-time about uh, two weeks, I think, after I finished high school. Um, plan was initially to go to uni, but I didn't get into the stuff that I wanted to. So I wasn't sure what to do for a little while. Uh, and then I became friends with someone who um, was studying to become a stockbroker at Finzia, which is um, has basically converted across to Kaplan now. So I started basically uh, studying finance at night while I was working. Uh, and uh, I guess got into finance, I think, when I was 20 uh, so, um, yeah, basically have done all my study in finance uh, at night, uh, have done right up to a, a graduate diploma now. So there's about seven or eight years at least of study uh, involved in that. But I have actually worked full time since I was 17 years old. But how exactly did Preston get into the field of mortgage broking and property investment? The first sort of step I made into the industry was uh, for a trading firm, um, called CMC Markets, and that's like leverage sort of speculation on shares and, and the financial markets. Uh, from there, I went across to funds management, um, and that was like for a managed fund uh, company called Perpetual. Uh, and then it was over there that they actually had financial advisors as well. Um, so I started to move across into the financial advice space. Uh, from there, I uh, moved into a, a sort of a boutique financial planning company uh, and they actually were doing mortgages and everything and it was over there that I was able to work with people quite closely in terms of you know helping them achieve their financial goals and we did have sort of mortgage broking as part of the facilities there but um, I found that everyone that I was talking to you know wanted to talk to me about property because you know I had uh, acquired a number of properties by that point and so uh, also financial planning um doesn't really line up perfectly with property. It is more about you know having that broad portfolio and investing in financial assets. So I thought it'd be better to specialize in property as that's what everyone seemed to want to talk to me about. Uh, I did some research on the industry, found that um, you know it wasn't going to be too much of a transition, and I found a good opportunity to come across here at Homeland Experts and sort of run my own operation, if you will. Um, while still having all the facilities of being under a big business. Um, so moved across and uh, haven't looked back since. Wow. How long has that been since since you moved across? So it's been more than two years that I've uh, been full-time um, doing the broken side of things. Uh, obviously, at the other um, you know, place, I was able to get a lot of exposure uh, to the home loan side of things as well. Uh, but it's just over two years now that I've been you know, 100% uh, in the home loan space only. Preston explains that along with his unplanned specialization property investing came an underlying influence from his parents. No, I did have quite a lot of influence uh, from my parents. Actually, my parents um, have been in property, I guess, their whole lives. Um, my father had a pretty significant business going into 1987 and actually, you know, there was the big stock market crash in 87 and um, my understanding is New Zealand was actually hit harder than any other country in the world in that crash. And so my dad's business had some issues, but they were able to um, hold on to their property by subdividing it. 
and they did also acquire a number of properties in later years. Uh, they did sell up most of the portfolio when we moved here, but they did hold a property here. And they kind of instilled in me my whole life that you know property was um, a really good vehicle for making money. Um, my parents have uh, much more, I guess, of a conservative outlook, though, um, perhaps because they went through those hard times after the 87 crash. Uh, but definitely my whole life, they sort of drummed into me that, you know, you need to hold property and everything, um, which I guess I initially sort of rebelled against when I was sort of investing in shares and leverage trading. But eventually, I guess uh, you could say I saw the light and uh, have started to <laughs> focus on property. It was by carrying out research that Preston was able to overcome his fears and purchase his first property. I bought the first place at the end of 2012. I think it was November or December 2012 that I settled on that. I did research for quite a lot of years and um, of course, you know, I've always believed that capital growth is the, the way that, you know, you end up making your real money. But um, I found that, you know, investing in properties that were heavily negatively geared seems like an unsustainable strategy to me. And I came across, you know, a number of investors that were buying stuff that was uh, positively geared, at least back in those days. And um, and the idea there being that the property would be at least positively geared or sustain itself over time, you'd be able to release some of that equity and then take that out and buy another property. Um, and so that sort of was the idea that I had in mind. And you know, back you know, going back five or six years in Western Sydney, that was still you know pretty possible. Um, so uh, things you know weren't, I guess, that highly priced uh, in the end of I think it was around end of 2012 when I acquired the first place. Um, I bought a two-bedroom in Liverpool, old-style walk-up apartment, uh, and the yield was around 7%. And so I figured, you know, I can't really go too far wrong. I mean, I'm near the station here. It more than covers itself. Um, you know, it's a two-bedroom unit, very livable. The inside was pretty nice. Um and really, you know, I figured that over the long term, you know, it wasn't going to cost me anything to hold it. And if it went up in value, I'd be able to take some equity out and buy another. Uh, so I made that first kind of move. And, and that gave me, I guess, a lot of confidence uh, once I owned it that, you know, this wasn't as scary as I'd sort of initially thought. And, and from there, I, I tried to sort of uh, step things up pretty quickly. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Jonathan Preston's suburb of choice. I liked the attractiveness of that it had that big train station, that it was quite commutable. How he grew his portfolio. So I was just like, wow, this is actually quite easy. And, you know, I felt confident about, um, you know, holding that property. And that's when I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this on a bigger scale. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Western Australia is tipped to be the next property hotspot. If you're looking to invest and build in WA, take advantage of the affordable land market and record build times with Plunkett Homes. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build to find out why they are WA's most established home builder. With over 150 years of experience, Plunkett Homes helps you develop turnkey homes across WA. To get your fixed price demolition or site works and to maximize profits and minimize time, Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build. And now back to the show.
He explains the reasons for his suburb of choice, providing the positive aspects that drew him to make his first purchase in Liverpool. I had some friends that were in that region, and I, of course, you know, I, um, you know, was pretty familiar, you know, having grown up in Sydney. I know Sydney pretty well. I like to think, um, but. I, I liked the attractiveness of that it had that big train station, that it was quite commutable. They had the Westfield there. It was quite like a big sort of uh, city centre. The density didn't seem to be too bad. Um, and, and I saw a good future for the area. Um, and I guess at that point, I was still a bit uh, perhaps risk averse. I wanted to make sure I had a place that um, people would you know, want to rent. Uh, and it wasn't kind of like miles and miles out of you know, Sydney, that it was still quite a commutable distance if you were working in the city. So I just felt like it was uh, a location I could be quite comfortable with. And I felt that the price of two-bedroom apartments there was quite modest, at least back in those days. And so, I don't know, I felt like it seemed pretty pretty comfortable. Um, so I focused in on that. And, um, and that's, I guess, yeah, where I began. However, despite initial success, Preston not only mentions the difficulties he's had to face, but more importantly, the persistence he has had for future investments. So since then, I've bought four more, um, and then we've hit a bit of a wall with the, the serviceability. Um, the other properties that I've bought have been, uh, three of them were just north of Mount Druitt there, so I've moved into buying sort of villas as opposed to apartments. Uh, and then the latest one that I bought uh, is a house in Queensland. So the intention is to keep um, building up the portfolio, but uh, the serviceability, you know, hit a bit of a wall there. Uh, in the near future, I should be able to actually uh, keep building up the portfolio a bit further now that the income has um, gone up quite a bit as I've been um, uh, pretty fortunate as a broker here. But yeah, hit the wall after, after buying those properties serviceability-wise, basically. He continues on with what he believes is the best way to achieve wealth and provides insight into the benefits of investing in property rather than shares. I guess I've always sort of believed that, you know, the calculation to wealth is sort of the amount of growth assets you hold sort of multiplied by the leverage, multiplied by the growth rate and multiplied by the time that you actually hold them. And while you can achieve uh, great leverage through holding, you know, shares and financial assets, um, the issue is that the, the assets are marked to market, so they basically value shares every day, and you are subject to margin calls if you know the market goes down. Now, of course, that is still the case in property, but generally, um, if the you know the banks aren't valuing your property every day, and as a result, it's much easier for people to generally leverage up and hold you know properties without actually getting out. And so, I figured that it was going to be. Um, you know, potentially more sustainable to become very wealthy by holding a large portfolio um, that, you know, held quite a lot of leverage against it. And that way made a held, you know, holding a large asset position uh, over time, even if the growth rate is quite modest, um, would eventually turn into uh, quite a lot of equity for me. So uh, I figured that it was just a way that, you know, loans are offered and structured uh, for the property asset class. Um, that actually made it more attractive. And I still see that that is how most property investors have made their money uh, versus most people who you know, are in shares are not in a, a strongly leveraged position. Uh, and that's because uh, you know, leveraging into shares is a bit more complicated and potentially more risky. So that's why I think most people 
um, or probably more people that you know of have probably made more money in property uh, than in shares uh, is generally more common in Australia. In terms of the highs and lows of property investing, Preston shares his story on some of the issues he's encountered during his time as an investor and what he's learnt from it. Probably the biggest ones I've had is um, I did have a, t- a tenant who stopped paying and then refused uh, to get out of the property. Um, so we had to eventually call in the sheriff and the sheriff was due to evict them and then they left one day before the sheriff came in to evict them and they left the house like full of rubbish and uh, and the yard full of rubbish as well. So I had to pay a bit of a clean up, a bit of money on maintenance as well. Uh, and I was out of a bit of money for um, for the time that they had squatted as well. So I've had squatters in there. Uh, and even very recently, I think it was about maybe four months ago, my Queensland property was broken into. Um, they actually stole roof tiles and then stole heaps of my um, uh, tenants' possessions as well. Uh, so that was uh, interesting. And uh, the squatter one, I didn't have landlord insurance at that time. Um because my calculation of it was that I thought it probably wasn't worth it. and uh, uh, <laughs> But now I have, I have landlord insurance on everything, so uh, you learn. On the other hand, Preston also shares the amazing aha moment that he says made all of the potential challenges worth it in the end. I think it was really after I bought the Liverpool place. Like I was really scared going in and you know, buying your first property I find is you know, quite daunting. Uh, but what happened was I remember after it settled, we put it up uh, to get rented and I had someone in there after like two weeks and I remember the money coming in and it just didn't seem to be any problems and I was just like, wow, this is actually quite easy. And, you know, I felt confident about, um, you know, holding that property and that's when I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this on a bigger scale and um, and I'm not going to be so, I guess, scared of what area I'm going to be sort of investing in. So. That's when I started to look around more, started to look around at those sort of Mount Druid suburbs, which didn't have, you know, necessarily the best reputation. Um, And so when I started to look at them and I I saw real value in terms of what you were getting for your money, and that's when I started to more aggressively um, accumulate those. And and I was able to um, build a relationship with actually uh, a real estate agent in that region where I bought those three villas. Uh, and he ended up door knocking on the other owners to to get those properties to come to market for me. Uh, so uh, I guess you know it was building that relationship, uh, not being scared anymore after acquiring that first property, and uh, and building up the the portfolio that way. And and that's when I started to um, you know get the confidence. And obviously the market was moving in my favor at that time nicely as well. So that's when it all started to line up, and I, I realized it was um, going to be something good. On another note, he also delves into more information about the villas he purchased in the same complex within Mount Druitt and whether it was a good idea to diversify. So I've gone a bit concentrated in that regard um, but the, the, the price that I paid for them was just so um, competitive that uh, I didn't see the need to diversify too far. Uh, I felt like I was getting a really, really good price and um, you know the rental yields really supported it. Uh, so, um, uh, I wasn't too worried about diversifying a little bit. So, did that all happen in a very short period of time where you purchased all three of them or were they spread over a period of time? I think off the top of my head, I acquired the three of them in about nine months or so, maybe six months. So, it was pretty aggressive accumulation after um, 
after buying that livable one, I pretty much went straight back to the market. And, and as soon as I'd settle on, on one, then I would uh, try and pick up the next one basically. So not much time wasted. Lastly, Preston not only explains that most of his portfolio consists of property, but also showcases how it is from property investing that other investment opportunities may arise. Property is definitely the larger position in terms of the portfolio, both by exposure and also the equity invested as well. And that's obviously just, I guess, the nature of having, um, uh, you know, right in that Sydney boom. I did also invest, you know, all of my money into property to acquire the properties that I had. And it's only really since then that I've, um, you know, taken a little bit of equity out to hold in, in liquid shares and have put a bit of money, you know, into into other shares and crypto and stuff like that out of my current earnings. But certainly, uh, property makes up um, about 90% of my net worth. So it is uh, certainly by far the biggest position. So, inspired by Jonathan Preston's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode on Property Investory Podcast, where we'll talk about what makes an investing strategy successful. You have to, I think, be willing to adjust with the market because uh, as you know, the market changes and yields change over time. How staying open-minded can help you find your money-making niche. And if they line up properly with your sort of mindset and your risk profile and everything, then you're probably likely to um, you know, make money out of it. And that's next time on a future episode of Property Investory Podcast. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.